0: Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnit.org.
1: We get a two-for-one pastor deal today. Some of you are like, oh no, what does that mean? Um, I don't really know either. Do
0: you, Kevin? No, I don't think I do.
1: But um, anyway, no, we're super pumped to be up here today. And man, let's just give those graduates another round of applause. I mean... Caden, I do not know where you went, but I also did not know what I was going to do when I graduated high school. Oh, there you are. And I'm totally fine with you playing guitar and hanging with, hanging with us here, so you can just stay and lead worship with us. So don't be stressed out about it. You're good. You got, you're in the God lane. You're doing, you're doing the right details. So, hey, we're, uh, we're in our These Are My People series. Um, we're excited to be able to speak to you today. And Kevin and I are going to popcorn teach today and share some thoughts. We, we've been spending the last couple weeks really trying to get the heart of God for this message, not only for the graduates today, but also for our church body, because it's important because our, our, our overarching idea today is we are not just made to survive this Christian life, right? We're made to thrive. Did you know that? Is anybody surprised? You're like, I thought I was just supposed to put it neutral and coast. No, like... There is good stuff that God has in store for you, and he's called you to live a big, full life now and then forever with him. Amen? So I want to encourage you with that, no matter where you're at kind of in your your stage of life. So our big idea today is we're not made simply to survive, but to thrive in it. And our goal is to see that you would live a full, thriving life that can only be found in who? Jesus, right? because he's the one who identifies and gives us purpose. We're going to talk about that today. And it's not just a coasting relationship, right? This is a genuine, living, active relationship with the living God. Jesus is your savior, savior. Every believer, man, woman, and child full of the Holy Spirit, living, totally connected to the source, and advancing the kingdom of heaven with radical, crazy faith. Amen? You're not convinced. We'll get there. Heaven help me. Um, but to thrive means to grow and develop well or vigorously to prosper or to flourish. You prospering? You're like, gas prices are bad, I know. But that doesn't mean that we can't thrive in this life. This government jacked up, yes. Absolutely. It's a, it's a mess, but that does not define us. Amen? That does not dictate the future of the church of the living God. He's called us to thrive here and grow. Jesus in John 10, I'm going to read from the message version today. It says this. Jesus told this simple story because we're people, right? But they had no idea what he was talking about. So he tried again because he's got to tell us once or twice or 12 times for us to get it. I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep all those all others are up to no good sheep stealers if you will every one of them but the sheep don't listen to them I am the gate anyone who goes through me will be cared for and will freely go in and out and find pasture or rest in some translations a thief is only there to steal and to steal and to kill and destroy that sounds like your enemy amen I came, Jesus is saying this, so they can have a real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So Jesus says, look, you can have a full life now on this earth no matter what's going on. Circumstances, graduating, transitions in life. I know I, know I was talking to someone who just retired the other day or was on their way to retirement. I'm like, well, what are you going to do for Jesus now? And they're like, I have no idea. But that's, it's okay to not know, but what it is okay to recognize, God, you called me to something. You have uniquely gifted and wired me. Scott talked about how we're wired to be different, right? We're, we're different people because of who we know and who we live for. And I just want to encourage you, Jesus has a full and complete and full life for you today, tomorrow, next week. Every year, every day, you're taking breath in and out of your lungs is a good day to be alive and realize, God, you've given me a full life now. So we're going to talk about some practical steps um, on, on what it is to get there in relationship with Jesus and live that abundant and full life. And maybe you'll hear something new today, but I want to and we'll remind you at the end, but I want to I remind you, what is God saying to you today and what are you going to do about it?
0: Anybody? What are you going to do about it, Kevin? Man, is a tough question. Put me on the spot there, too. Um, I think what we're going to do about it is we're going to go.
1: We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to do something. Here's the one thing I think is one of the most confusing things people get stuck on this is understanding who the Father is. Because if we're going to live a full life in Jesus, then we have to understand the Father. Mm -hmm. Did you know that you serve a good God? Did you know that he has put... Talents, time, treasure, all this stuff wrapped up into who you uniquely are and what you're wired for. And then he says, by the way, go and do something about it. Take these gifts and talents that I've given you and understand who I am, because if we don't know God as a good God, as a God that's always with us, who never leaves us nor forsakes us, who walks through the valley of the shadow of death with us when we're going through stuff, then we feel like we're doing it all alone, right? Can I tell you my fault? I'm a doer. I love doing stuff and things, lots of it. Like, I just will do stuff and do whatever. Yeah, you need that done, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that. But this is not a do more or try harder scenario in Jesus. This is, Lord, I recognize you've uniquely gifted me, and I want to do something with the things that, you're, that, you, that you've given me to do. And I want to understand who you are. You're a good God. You're a gracious father. And for me personally, he's long-suffering with my stupidity, amen? He's really, really good and grace-filled towards me. So today, do you know the father that way is my my question to you. Do you know the father as good, as with you, as walking through life with you and not leaving you high or dry? Maybe you've been told something different about the character of God, but I want to tell you today, that is absolutely who he is. And the fact that he placed his spirit on yeah. the inside of you, right? Each one of those students that stood up there, there today, guess what? The Holy Spirit lives in them. Amen. It's not some pastoral-like thing we do. We're like, hey, Holy Spirit, what's up? I'm messing with you now. It's in every believer. I don't care. Kean, my young friend sitting down in here today, the Holy Spirit lives in him through his life. Amen? So it's connected to the Spirit, understanding who the Father is, that Holy Spirit revealing us. To us, the goodness of God. I'm going to read one more scripture and share it with you today. But out of uh, Jeremiah, I'm going to read this to you. Because during, this, during the context of the scripture in Jeremiah, they're, they're in exile. And Jer- Jeremiah is writing to the Israelites, writing to the Hebrew people in horrible, horrible situations. They're in captivity, y'all. They're... they've been enslaved by another nation. And this is what God says. Hey, even in the midst of this, I'm calling you to thrive. I'm going to bring you success in the midst of your captivity. Is that hard to grasp? Hey, while you're walking through this hell thing, I'm going to meet you in it. While you're wrestling through things in your marriage that aren't perfect, I am with you. Do stuff. Go. Do something for Jesus. And this is what... Jeremiah pens, it says, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives. He, he, God, has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes, plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away and work for peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Does that sound like a place you can succeed? No! Ain't food on the shelf. Village Alaska milks like $12 a gallon, y'all. Perspective for you. But it doesn't say shrink back. Sit down, don't do anything, coast in this Christian life, but actually thrive in it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's important to, to fully understand what, what go means. And uh, that's, our, that's our purpose, that's, our, uh, that's the reason we're here, right? But before we can have our purpose, we, ne- we need to know our identity in Jesus. How many of you guys know your identity in Jesus. How many of us do we know our identity in Jesus? Because that's a, that's a tough thing to wrap our mind around, right? We, we can't, sometimes it's hard to fathom that uh, God sent His one and only Son to save every single one of us, so that, just so that He can spend eternity with us, right? Even though He knew that His Son was going to raise again, right? He still sent Him for us, Okay? Our identity isn't in the things of this world, the things that people have, have told you that you are, the things that your, your parents or grandparents or somebody in your life that, that has been um, negative or positive, our identity isn't in those things. Our identity is in Jesus and what he says about each and every single one of you guys. Each and every single, uh, us as well. Me too. Yeah, you, yeah. Believe it or not, Jeremy, you okay. too. I have, a, I have a pamphlet here, and it comes from one of our ministries here. Um, it's called Cultivate. Um, if you guys don't attend Cultivate, uh, first off, you should. But second off, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful ministry, and it helps people uh, not only move on from, from hard things that they've, they've seen in their life and they've dealt with in their life, but people that are completely healthy. It helps, it helps keep them that way. And you can also pour into those people that are struggling at that moment. That's what we're called to do. We're, we're called to build each other up, right? So I have here today our God-given identity, all right? This comes straight from Cultivate, and uh, it's, a two, it's a two-sided uh, piece of paper, and I'm sure if you find Nate and Lacey Steele after this, they'll be glad to give you guys all that you can handle. Um, but our God-given, God-given identity is that we're created in God's image and likeness. We're more than enough. I'm heard by my heavenly dad. I'm heard by by my father, right? And I'm loved by my father. And some of us can't say that in this room today, but it's true that our heavenly father loves us, each and every single one of us. All right? And so our our relationship with Jesus, our identity in Jesus, is not found in, in this world. It's not found in... Uh, the money that we make or the lack thereof, it's not found, uh, found in uh, worldly possessions, but it's found in Jesus. And only through him can we get to heaven. That's our true identity. So we go back to, to purpose, right? Uh, what, what's the will of God uh, for my life? How do I find it? Is it hard to find? The youth, we just finished up a series on David. And the one thing I learned uh, with David is that we have to uh, cultivate a relationship with Jesus before we do anything. And what I'm saying is, obviously David had his, had his downfalls, right? But in the very beginning of his life, especially, especially when we look at when he, when he took on Goliath, right? He already knew that he won the battle because Jesus won the battle for him. He cultivated that relationship with Jesus, right? He knew his identity was directly and solely founded in Jesus. All right? Uh, how, do we, how do we find it? Is it hard to find? It takes time. It takes time in Jesus, right? But you have to be willing to put in the work and know that identity, uh, that your identity is rested in Jesus, right? It takes time, it takes prayer, it takes uh, work on our end, right? And sometimes that's hard to do because sometimes work is really hard, right? Those of you guys that, that work manual labor jobs or have to sit in front of a computer all day. I don't think I could make sitting in front of a computer all day. I think it would kill me. But we do, we do hard things all the time and this is another one, right? And so what I'm trying to say is that a piece of advice that I was given at an early age is that if we know we're going to have a hard day, but we still want to live out God's call in our life, we have to spend more time with Him. Man, it's going to be a crappy day, and I already know it. Spend more time with Jesus. Man, it's going to be a great day. Spend more time with Jesus. Yep. Any situation or scenario that you look at, spend more time with Jesus. You want to know the, the purpose of your life which could be completely different than what you're living right now. I'm not saying what you're living right now is bad, but the will of God could have something different in your life to spread His name even more. Spend more time with Jesus. That's how we find it. Is it hard to find? That depends on how much work we put in, right? And I'm not, I, Hopefully I'm not coming off as I'm speaking at you guys because I'm speaking directly to myself. <laughs> right? You guys just happen to be in the room. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 8-10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in, Je- in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Again, nothing about that says that we can do it, right? We can't do this on our own. We can't live out the will of God on our own. We can't find our identity on our own. We have to be in Jesus and rooted in Jesus. I love that he even adds in, not a result of works, right? Because I think the the world likes to tell us that, that we can get to heaven... By doing good things for, for for people, for good or bad people, right? It's a great thing to do. Don't stop doing them. But it's not just going to be a result of works. We have to have that faith, and we have to have our identity in Jesus. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Alright, so what, what does that first part say to you guys? What do you guys hear? We're called to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Notice how it doesn't say in there, we're, we're called to offer a big toe, right? We're called to offer our bodies. We can't be lukewarm in our faith. Nope. We can't. No, sir. We have to have our bodies as a whole in order to, to do the kingdom of God, to take the kingdom of God to the nations, right? And I love this verse because you have to do part one before you can do part two. Right, without part two or without part one, excuse me, you can't offer or you can't test and approve of what God's will is in your life. You're never going to be able to. But we go through and we look at part one again, offering our bodies as a, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Then we'll be able to uh, be transformed by the renewing of our mind, and then we test. And discern what the will of God is in our life. And again, it could be something completely different than what you're doing right now. Right. What is good and acceptable and perfect? How many things do we do in our life that's perfect? I don't think I've ever done anything that's absolutely perfect. I don't. I really don't think so.
1: My life is perfect.
0: Oh man, brownie points! Here we go, brownie <laughs> points. Man, my wife's perfect, too. There you go. Shel, so,
1: well done. Hey, can I tell a story?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can I,
1: can I interrupt you? So no matter if you, you are 8, 10, 50, 70, or 80 in this room today, you have purpose. I want to I wanna speak that to you. The reason these young people are standing up on this stage today leading us in worship is because people like you have invested in their lives. You are important. You are the crux, foundation piece of the puzzle for the advancement of the kingdom of God, no matter what age you are. Find somewhere to invest and make plans to do great things for the sake of the kingdom. You know, we look at James chapter 4, and it says, basically, you know, these guys in this story, they go, they make plans, they plan to make money, they make career choices and things, and they go and do that. And James is like, but those guys are dumb. They didn't even bother to submit their plan to God. Submit your plan to God first and then see if he would have you do that. There was a young girl who came to church on a Sunday night and she had made lots of great plans and lots of things for her future and was getting super pumped and excited and all wrapped around the axle about it as well. Well, she came to a service and in that service that night, the Lord spoke to her and said, you've made a lot of great plans. Can I please be involved in them? That was my daughter, Karis, who's up here lead, leading us in worship today. She had plans to go to school, plans to succeed, good plans, right, I mean, right things, right? But God rolled up into the middle of that service that night when Pastor Kelly preached, better to known as talk to the hand sermon. That's how I think I'll always remember that. But God arrested her in that moment, and I found her um, in her car listening to worship, worship music, sobbing. We cry a lot at our house, I'm just saying. Um, so, Pastor Dan, you're in good company. Oops, I lost my mic. Hold on. But I found her on the driveway, and I thought, oh, no, I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, I made all these good plans, and then God said he wanted to be in the middle of them all, Dad. (laughs) It's a great place to be, and that's why she's going to Kona and to do YWAM, to go through a a school focused on worship, to lead worship, and then to spend several months on the missions field giving her life away, just like our oldest has done, too. So I'm pumped. I'm super excited. She made a lot of good plans, but God changed those plans. But in the family of God, we get good people around us and we hear good messages and we get to encourage and spur each other on to do good things. We read through chapter, chapter 13 of Hebrews and we hear from the living God, keep doing the thing I've called you to do. Hey, by the way, remember, I'm not going to leave you and I'm never going to abandon you. By the way, I'm your helper and I'm walking through this with you. Have no fear. Amen. Hey, what can man do to me? Amen. At the end of the day, if you're a child of the living God and people are persecuting you, woo, you're in good company. God's doing something in and through your life. So I would encourage you, get in small care and community. Find out what that looks like to be connected in the family of God, getting filled up, and then go, going away to give Jesus. It's the Great Commission. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and do what? Make disciples, Right? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I love the fact that God sends us on mission, and then He's like, He's the best cheerleader ever, and then He's there with you. He's not leaving. He doesn't call you out to do awesome stuff for the kingdom, and then He's like, Peace out. Have fun trying to make it happen. No, that's not what He does. He said, I want to see you succeed in this life. I want to see you thrive in this life in the context of community. I want, church, I'm calling you to good things. I want you to do more than coast. I want you to do more than just show up on Sunday because this is like the fuel. This is like the Tesla fueling station. Like you come to plug to get recharged, and then when you leave this place today, what is God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? In Luke five, I love the fact that Jesus says, "By the way, you're doing great things," and. You didn't catch any fish, but if you go out a little deeper, if you come into context and deeper relationship with me, watch what you do. do. And they haul up so much fish that it nearly drowns them, Kevin, in the middle of, in the, middle of the lake.
0: Well, and not only that, but to have the, the faith of the disciples, not knowing this man, right. but more than likely understanding or seeing that he's, he's different somehow. Just maybe that, Just that gut feeling, right? They cast their net out one more time. One more time, they've been going all day, probably for upwards of 12 hours, just casting these nets and pulling them back in, right? But they do it one more time, even though they're probably, this guy is insane, what is going on? I've been doing this all day, I just want to go home, sit down on the couch, put my feet up, watch some TV, what, do they have TV back? Kidding. No.
1: Because really, it's about that harvest, right? This is a harvest of young people up here who love Jesus, who are going to give mm-hmm. their lives away. There's a harvest awaiting at the end of your purpose that only you can do. There are things you're gifted for that only you can do, that God has created in advance for you to do that you should walk in them. That should be exciting. Do you know there are people waiting to hear Jesus through your life? Each and every person sitting in this room today, you have a purpose and a plan and a destiny No matter what age you are in this place today, it's fun to watch new lives beginning, but I'm telling you what, man, until God pulls this purse strings on your life and you're not sucking air anymore, you have something to do for the kingdom of God. There is much been invested, so I want to encourage you, challenge you today. Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to be doing? What are the things you've uniquely gifted me for that I can bless the kingdom of God with, that I can live in this fact I knowing that you've created good things to do, that you poured your spirit in me for the sake of those that are lost and broken and hurting. Youth ministry. Youth ministry. Amen. Because at the end of the day, our mission is to lead people to discover their purpose. That's what we're talking about today, to thrive and then to find the joy of Jesus Christ. So why don't we stand up with me? We're going to get ready to go back into worship. Why do we do all this? It's for the kingdom of the living God, right? At the end of the day. God gifts us, he calls us, and then he sends us. And I just think this, in a lost and broken and dying and hurting world, looking for hope in all the wrong places, right? If we would find out what it is to be connected to Jesus, to know the Father, to understand our identity... And then live it out. Katie, bar the door lookout church. Like what God will do in you and through your life, it'll shock you. It'll amaze you. There are, it's all about the one. There are people that are dying and going to hell forever. But God is sending you. So I guess my challenge and my final thought is, will you live sent today? Will you live as sent ones, equipped, resourced by a loving, giving father, full of the Holy Spirit to preach
0: the good news. I think my my final thought and my final question is, what is God saying to you, and what are you going to do about it? What is God saying to each and every single one of you right now, and what are you going to do about it? My seniors, I love you guys. What is God saying to each and every single one of you guys? What are you guys doing in here? To the seniors in the room and everyone in between, what is God saying to you, and what are y'all going to do about it? He loves you guys. He just wants to be a part of your life.
1: Living, loving God, will you come as we worship you? Thankful for your presence in this place. Will you speak to our hearts? You're a good God. Jesus, you paid it all that we would succeed in this life. That we would not just get by, but thrive. Living in intense, connected relationship with you inside of our lives and relationship and inside of this church body, I pray today, God, you would speak to us. Those very things that have been on our heart that we have not stepped out in yet, will you dust them off today? Will you reveal those things to us, God? So living God, speak to us and release us in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full-service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.